TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I am Glenn Perkins. Mm. Uh, I'm here with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Um, we're going to talk Martin Perez. So I, I guess just to s- start this off, um, we record this in the morning on Thursdays. And I think that's okay to say. Right? Absolutely, Mr. I mean, Producer Guy. Um, well, you, um, well, you just said it's it, out there now. It, yeah, I, well, I know, but I'm, I guess like we could... You know, we could should just stop and start over. Bleep it! Should but, we do it live, Bert? Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk Martin Perez, and this is before he's gonna start on this rain delayed weird situation that happened in, in Anaheim. That which has never had. Like I've played for however many years. The third time since nineteen ninety five, and I've never I've never stayed in a city an extra day. Um, Unreal, like that. Like usually you would just go back. I guess you know. Yeah. Obviously they're not going back, but. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Martin Perez, and he hasn't pitched yet. Um, so last weekend I was I was at the Fox Sports Studios doing the um, Mariners games, and they do this thing this Sunday Insider thing, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, let's let's do let's do some video on Barrios pitch tunneling. I think it would be cool. Like I love his the breaking ball and, and the fastball and those things. So we spend a little bit of time on Thursday, a little bit of time on Friday. And then I'm like, all right, Saturday during the game, we'll try to pick as many pitches out of this start, and we'll use those on Sunday for this video that we're gonna do. And then he, we ended up using one, but he ended up not having a good game. Like I wanted to talk about, like why is he successful outside of his start against Anaheim? Yeah. And uh, so I guess where I'm going with this full circle now is that hopefully. It, us talking about Martin Perez today <laughs> doesn't doesn't backfire. Do, yeah, doesn't. You're not the jinx. Doesn't. Yeah, doesn't mean he's gonna. You know, we're gonna talk about his cutter and his changeup, but well, hopefully that. Did I tell you guys about the jinx? The the Twins jinx that's now off. We had Rhett Bollinger on the Score North Twins show yesterday. He was our guest because he covered the Twins for like nine years for MLB.com. Now he's covering the Angels. Went back home to Southern California. You know his first year on the beat, Glenn? Yeah, it was 2011. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was actually precisely eight years he covered the Twins. Oh, there you and go. Like one of the worst eight year stretches in Twins baseball. It, was, Rhett he, leaves. was he there last year? Yes, and okay. then took the job this winter and blast off. Yeah, so that yeah, we he, figured it out. We he, got to the bottom of he it. He thought he took that job after the 2010 season and a decade of success. He thought, ah, oh, I mean Minnesota. I'm a Southern Cal guy, but at least I'm going to watch winning baseball. The stories are, gonna, the stories no, are just going to write themselves. Yeah. Yep. Well, you did get Target Field. Actually, the stories did write themselves for some of those seasons. But yeah, not maybe not in the way that he envisioned. But so on on Martin, are we to the point now? So this is really the only really good year that he's had, and it's been six weeks so like at what point can we say definitively yep this is a new dude or is it still too small of a sample size to make a full judgment just spitballing I mean I would think you know they have those thresholds kind of like how many games does a team have to play or how many at bats does a hitter need to have you know is it 100 at bats or 150 at bats we're kind of like okay yeah this guy's doing something I, I would think like 50-ish innings you know I mean if you can 50, 60, 70 innings. Like, if you can do it, it's a quarter of the season. Uh, he's he's probably right around there, I would assume. I know that he started in the pen. Um, yeah, he's at, so uh, 
He's at fifty three innings so far this yeah. year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now is it is it? Will he do another hundred and fifty innings with the at the same? You know that maybe that's I guess the question you're asking, but. I mean, you can look at his stuff and his profile, and you see higher velocity, I think, for one. And then, obviously, the cutter, which everybody talks about. Um, his changeup is, again, it, 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 all of this stuff, for me, like watching him pitch, it all goes back to velocity. He's, he's throwing two miles an hour harder. And that's in one-off season. You're right, and so, but but so, if you're talking about a guy that like, oh, he's always been this, but now he's this. It, the first thing you look is the stuff the same. If the stuff's the same, he's probably getting lucky, or he's faced crappy lineups, or both. But you you're throwing two miles an hour harder, so now you're for a lefty. You're, I mean, everybody throws harder now, but 95 isn't he average 95 on his yeah. fastball? That's that's elite from a lefty, for sure. And so, so you you cut down on reaction time for hitters. Then now you throw a, a, a pitch in the cutter that obviously is funky. And, and I've brought this up when I talked to Derek Falvey about him uh, before his start two weeks ago against the Tigers. I think it was um, just about him in general and about like like this this the pitch and all those things. Like like they this the the slider cutter. It's it's like a hybrid, and that's what I wanted. Like I asked him, like, does it spin different? Does it, you know, because guys, the the swings that guys take at it are are weird. Like you know, like Mariano when he threw that cutter, um, guys got jammed a lot, and it, and it was almost like like they knew he was going to throw it, but they could still like they still made contact with it, but they swing and miss at at Perez's cutter more than. I think more than I remember guys swinging and missing at Mariano. So Are you saying Martin Perez is better than uh, Mariano Rivera? That's ex- yes, that's exactly. The hot, the hot take police? Yeah. <laughs> that's quite the paraphrase by you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like it, It's a fascinating pitch. And so when I was talking to Felby, but I'm like, like, does it spin different? Does it look different? And, you know, and we agreed that it, it, it has more horizontal or vertical break than... Mariano's did. Mariano's was like a true side to side, which maybe you know is is why guys at least made contact with it maybe more frequently. Yeah. But you know, Perez and, and Derek was just looking up. Um, he basically ditched a slider and and is throwing a cutter, but it's still kind of breaks like a slider. So he like it, it's 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 in between. It has a little bit of that depth. It does. That have, you it does expect. have a little bit of depth. And I just it, and find it's, it it's so fascinating to me, and I think this is probably the the second time we've we've had a discussion uh, since the beginning of, uh, of the season about Martin Perez, and like every time I see that guy pitch, he's twenty eight. He's not twenty two. So to completely overhaul your velocity, to overhaul your pitch repertoire this late in your career after being in the big leagues for five or six years. I guess the the thing I find the most fascinating is going back to Derek Falvey and the Josh Kalks, whoever they have behind the scenes over there at Target Field, that they're able to look at 300 pitchers in the major leagues or whatever, like however many available minor league and major league pitchers there are. Let's say it, it was 100, and it includes the Keikels of the world. And they looked at this dude and said, yeah. That is a stud. We just have to do this, it's, this, and this. Well, but that's what it was. <laughs> it's like that's that's so again. When I was talking with him, 
he said that we watched video on him. We talked with Wes Johnson and Wes Johnson was like, yes, there's more velocity in there. And I think we can teach him to throw a cutter like they that, that that was literally like like the conversation how does Wes Johnson know that there's more of a lot how does anyone know that there's so more he's velocity? he's I, I, I it's fascinating I think he's going to be somebody that I want to get on this show um to talk to because he's it, it, it's so unique like he came from college uh did not follow like anything close to a typical career path the one thing and, and I think we brought it up on this show before is that he did some stuff with that Florida baseball ranch that Got Verlander back. That even got. I mean, like you look up Gibby. I, I was doing some stuff on on Gibby for last Sunday's Mariners game when he pitched, and just looking at pitch usage and things like that. And his velocity's gone up mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. And and Gibby went to that. This it's this f- baseball facility, I guess, like in Lakeland, Florida. And Wes Johnson helped them develop like some sort part of their program. And I think when we talked to Kyle at the very first show, he said something about that. Um, and I, you know, like just picking up pieces throughout the season, it it's and what Derek said, he didn't say this, but the first one was something with like driving off your heel more, like changing the way you you drive toward home plate. Yeah. Um, and you might remember that from spring training too. I think you were Steven down there. Steven was talking about this same concept. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wetmore improved his velocity a lot actually in spring yeah, training. Yeah. Well, it's so. not hard to yeah. improve from sixty four. So, so there's there's that, and then the other one is 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 using his hips better. So unlocking it, like Derek phrased it as like unlocking it, your hips. So I think maybe they like if, if that's probably a little bit of like a flexibility thing, but then it's just a it's a mechanical thing where. You stay closed, stay, stay closed, stay closed, and then and then fire and rotate, and you get that it's that kinetic chain. Thing. I was so just going to ask you about that. Yeah, so you get your you get from where you drive to where your hips fire to where your arm goes all in sync, and and it's when your foot gets down, you know, it, it's so it's you 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 get to your like say your balance point, and then you start driving home, and then at some point. As you're driving toward home and your front foot's going to land, you start to open your hips at the same time that your arm is getting like cocked, I guess would be the right word. And then your foot lands and then you and your hips finish going that that goes up to your arm. And so if you get all those things timed right, um, th- there's more velocity there. It's like, just it's just a it's a. Yeah, you know, it's no different than like in a vehicle. Like if you if you know something's off and it's clicking, or if it's you know if your timing belt is off, like yeah. you know you're gonna try to gun it and it's gonna bog down. Do you think? Do you think you or let's say either you or a Wes Johnson, someone who knows a lot about pitching mechanics and and how to get the most out of whatever it is that your body is capable of? Like, could you take someone like Wetmore or myself, who's never like played baseball beyond high school, and let's say we go to one of those. Uh, those state fair velocity things, right? And we throw 65 miles an hour. We, we hump it up, and it's 65 miles an hour. Could you work with us for a month and get us to throw 80? Or could Wes Johnson work with us for a month and get I, us to throw 80? I mean, I think probably, but not even really more so than if you just started playing long toss. And, okay. like, you know, it's like if you went to run a mile and you ran a 10-minute mile, if you kept trying to run miles, you're going to eventually run them faster. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run a 5-minute mile, just like you're not going to throw 90, but, I mean... Just in the fact of playing catch, like, but yeah, I mean that that stuff. 
I mean, you know, you might be a lost cause. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I do wonder if the better question is like, can you take a righty pigeon for the Saints who throws 83-85 and get him up to 89-90? Yeah. And that I, answer I would th- think would be yes. This could be a score north athlete challenge. Let's take like Judd <laughs> and see what his, what his starting velocity is. Glenn works with him for a month and see if we can get him to throw 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Pitching in the Saints game. I've seen his three-point <laughs> shot. I'm not confident in yeah. his mechanics. But so, like you know, it, it, there's all this all this talk with the with the cutter, and it it is like it's it's unheard of for a guy to do that. But I, I think the biggest thing for him is the velocity. And yeah. when you when you throw harder, it just it makes everything else better. That's what made. I mean, it's made all his go on fan graphs and look up his pitch values. They're I, I would guarantee they're all better this year. Yeah. Yep. The guy that I can't get out of my head, and Derek Falvey was heavily involved with this transformation. Corey Kluber was traded from the Padres system. He was a double-A pitcher for the Padres. He was traded from the Padres system to the Indian system in 2010. And he was he was a good minor league pitcher, not a great minor league pitcher with the Padres. He'd post ERAs around three and a half or four in double-A. Uh, you know, he'd get a few strikeouts here and there. And then when he got to the Indians organization, his double-A, yeah, his first, I think his first big season in double-A where he pitched over 100 innings, it was like a five and a half ERA. And they so they basically went from project guy that they found from the Padres organization and turned him into the best pitcher in baseball within three years. And I don't know if Derek Falvey they, well, had they turned eight, him into a robot. Right. This is what happened. <laughs> the clue bot. They made him a they made him a, they made him into a robot. <laughs> but like I can't get out of my head and I don't know if Derek Falvey was twenty percent involved, eighty percent involved, what what his involvement was, but I can't get out of my head that he was part of the pitching brain trust of that organization that took Corey Kluber off the scrap heap and made him the best pitcher in baseball. And that's sort of validation for what's happening with Martin Perez. It doesn't feel like a fluke because there's evidence of this yeah, happening. Yeah, I was just going to say it's not an accident that they got him in that. I mean, he's probably all, all, I think I think Derek would admit he's probably outperforming their expectations a little bit. There's no way he's not. But they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting and we've talked about that too before in in that they get they they like they they got Ryan Harper just because they knew he had elite spin on his breaking ball. Like, that's the sole reason. The dude's like 29 or something. He never pitched in the big leagues. And, I mean, look at the two months that he's had. Yeah. And they, but they just, they, they find something in some guy, think maybe they can improve it, or maybe they looked at a guy like that and were like, well, you know, we just need them to command it better. We need them to want to throw it for a strike. Don't just throw it with two strikes. Like, sometimes it's as simple as that. Like, the guy's got elite spin. Let's get him to throw it. And that's not unlike what Ryan Presley has done. Like he's, yeah. he's started to throw his breaking ball for strikes. And like all the years that I talked to Joe Maurer about, a, a, you know, a hitter's approach, he he would always say, I can eliminate something if it's not thrown for a strike. And so, you know, they're, they're getting guys for specific reasons and then they're, and they know that there's little tweaks, but like they sure. knew what they, they knew why they wanted to get Martin Perez. And not to compare them as pitchers, because I think Perez has to do it for a little while longer before we could even talk about this. But the comparison between Kluber and Perez is here's a guy who at one point everyone thought had talent. It's not like they picked up, you know, they were scouting Buffalo High School and Corcoran and picked up Phil Mackey and said, "Hey, we're going to turn this guy into a Cy Young." This was a this was a top prospect. Yeah, somebody he was that a, they really he was a cross the board top twenty. Everyone prospect, viewed yeah. him as a future stud in the big leagues, and that six years in Texas, and it was kind of like he had some good times, some bad times. The last year was especially bad. 
So the comparison there with Kluber is everyone when he was a prospect was like, yeah, this guy's a this he's a pitching prospect, and then it just hadn't really clicked to something. I don't know what that story is. I'd have to dig deeper on it, but I'd imagine the breaking ball helped quite a bit whenever he developed that. And I just think that the comparison is there that like everyone sees potential in this guy, and then it hasn't come out. And Falvey has been in the room now twice when that did come to the surface and expressed itself. Yeah, and he's, I mean, they're they're definitely doing things differently than other teams than what's been done here in the past. It's and it's it's really fascinating to watch. And this is this can segue into something that we'll talk about later too with the communication stuff, the the way that they're so open in what they're trying to do, who how they want to work, and that goes from Derek to Wes Johnson to Rocco Baldelli to the minor leagues. Like it there's just this whole Let's get into that next. Yeah, this whole flow of information. I think like that's a. I think fans would find that really interesting. Just to okay, what? Let's go behind the curtain a little bit when we come back here and and continue this first place score north twin show with Glenn. football fans. It's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, we're here with Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore. I'm Glenn Perkins. Hi, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> so we left off last time talking, just teasing. Uh, I guess communication would be the right word. I don't know. Uh, kind of the, the the philosophy of the Twins front office and how information gets fed to the proper sources or people. Um, and I guess it was just it, 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 like, you know, we started talking about the Martin Perez thing and how Derek meets with Wes. Let's get this guy. Now we get this guy and how are we going to work? And it's and I I I want to avoid like like bashing the the people that were here before because that's yeah. not fair. Like, well, the the people who were here before built something awesome for like ten years. Well, and, and I mean times change. Frankly, and, there's a bunch of guys here that they got like the, that's, right. that's a lot. This is they this is a, this is still a lot of. I mean, they got look around. I mean, they got Polanco, they got Sano, they got uh, Rosario, they Kepler, got Buxton, they yeah. got Kepler. Like it, it's it's a lot of. All, all the, the the younger guys are all their guys. So, anyways, um, it, it it's it's fascinating the way that they communicate and like work like from the front office to what happens on the field, and it's almost like um, like the comparison I would make is like if if you if you built a car and then you give the keys to somebody and you know like so if you build a ferrari and then you give the keys to the, to the person that's going to drive the car and then they drive it off road as opposed to like on a racetrack like yeah I, I didn't build it for that like why aren't you driving it on the racetrack so 
what 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 I see is like you know the guy like Derek and Thad have this like broad view of how they want things to operate, and then they 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 put people in in spots that are going to utilize the players that they've acquired in the way that they envision it, and that only happens when they're like when everybody's on the same page and everybody's buying in, headed in the same direction, like common goal. And again, not that that wasn't the case before. It's just they're they seem to like everything seems to flow so well with with the the way that they operate and I, like that's how you see like a Derek will talk about you know we want to put guys in the best position to have success like that's not only players but that's the coaches and yeah. everyone else and it's like that's why like it's not an accident when they get a Martin Perez and it works out like they've been on the same page they know exactly what to do. And now 3 years into this, I think this is just outsider's opinion, but I think Derek Falvey can look at this now and say, "All right, well at the end of the season, if if let's just say cuz obviously it's going really well, but let's just say the pitching didn't live up to what you wanted it to be or it didn't meet you don't want at the end of the season the answer to be, "Well, we didn't give Wes the resources he needed." So, question on day 1 is what do you need? I probably Day zero. It's probably before he starts the job. Hey, if you were going to take this job, what would we need to put around you to make this thing work for you on a day-to-day basis, on a monthly basis? That's part of the interview, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing, but they seem to do a really good job, this front office, of giving everyone, like like taking away the excuses. You can't say, well, it didn't work because this and this and this. Like, no, we'll give you this and this and this before we get started. Let's go. There's two anecdotes that I would point to, and I don't know what the exact figure is, but they've poured millions of dollars in behind the scenes, systems and technology and people, and they've beefed up staffs, and they've got people on staff that you've never heard of that are doing things that are really important. And so they've, you know, everyone kind of focuses on the money they spend on an Addison Reed or whatever it is in free agency, but... They're over here spending millions of dollars on other things that that aren't going to be reported on MLB trade rumors. And the second, I think I'm, I, I'm safe telling this story. Um, somebody from Twins Public Relations was going to a World Baseball Classic, like a, a week-long World Baseball Classic thing, uh, the first winter of Derek Falvey Thad Levine. And he said before he left for this trip, Derek pulled him aside and said, hey, if you uh, if you see anything or any, any players, if you just like have your scouting hat on. And he's like, what do you mean, my guy? I'm a, I'm in I'm in public relations. He's like, doesn't matter, man. Like everyone, I I don't care if if you see something interesting or if you see a player that we should be looking at, tell me. And it, and I it, I think it kind of speaks to ripping down silos. And and there's there's an old management structure uh, in baseball where everyone's in a silo. If you're a scout, you're a scout. If you're a, if you're a pitching coach, you're a pitching coach. If you're a pitching coach, don't don't give me an observation about my hitter over here, right? And it wasn't just the twins that were set up that way. It was a lot of teams in baseball. And now, maybe it's the age we live in and the millennials rising to you know, positions of management. But it's a lot more, you know, it's a cliche word. It's It really is a collaborative management structure where it's, hey, if you see something, come talk to me. Look at the Timberwolves right now. Ethan Casson is the same type of leader as the CEO of the Timberwolves. And he's in charge of a president of basketball operations search a couple weeks ago. He doesn't just conduct the search on his own or get a search firm. He grabs Jim Peterson from the broadcast booth. He grabs uh, someone from sales over here. He grabs Cheryl Reeve from over there. And it's a collaborative search with a bunch of people from different 
areas of expertise, and then you at the top of that structure have to take all the information and make the decision, right? It's yeah, really fascinating. Yeah, and and it goes all the way down. Like, you, you talk about, like, silos or, like, boxes even, um, you know, where, where you all the relievers are in this group and we're going to do this and all the starters are in the, you know, like in spring training, like you, you're throwing, you're, you guys are throwing today. So you're all going to do this. You guys are throwing tomorrow. So you're all going to do this, this different thing. And it's, it's all so individualized now. And like having them, having them take like Jeremy Hefner from doing video scouting stuff and putting him in the bullpen and, and, not saying like you're gonna answer the bullpen phone, you know, but like you're the assistant pitching coach. Yeah. So you you know, you two, Wes and Jeremy, figure it out with the guys, you know, and so this this information and the 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 thoughts and feelings and all those things go from the top down to the players, from the players back to the top, and like I, I you know like I I um. When Trevor Hildenberger got sent out, I talked, to, I texted with him, and I just, you know, whatever. I've been there, and yada yada yada. And you know, he's like, I got a good plan of what I need to do when I go down. He goes, I know there's some things I have to figure out on my own, but he's like, you know, they gave me a checklist of like, not not like when you strike out ten guys, and when you, it's it's yeah. it's more mental, physical. uh Arm slot, probably. Yeah, stuff like that, where it's like, these are the things we want you to work on when you go down, as opposed to like, you're not having success, get the hell out of here. Right. And figure it out, and then and then maybe you'll come back. It's, we we need you, you're a part of where we're going, we need you to get better, this is how we're going to help you do that. And I think that, like, I'm curious to see how he progresses down there, yeah. and then when he, uh, you know, ultimately comes back. I have no doubt he'll be back yeah. this year, this summer, and he'll help this team. It reminds me of a quote in Fort Myers, and Hildenberger was talking about, like, there are no secrets. I mean, they're they're going to keep secrets from us. They're not going to say specifically this is what Hildenberger's working on from a technical standpoint. But between the player and the organization, I remember laughing at this a couple years ago when Thad Levine was like, you guys always paint it as, a, as an adversarial relationship between us and this. We were talking about Sano. And he's like, honestly, it couldn't be further from the truth. We're on the same team. If Sano is rich one day, that's a good thing for us. We'd be happy to write that check because it means he's a star. And the same is true of like a Tre- Trevor Hildenberger to say, we don't want to send him out and shame him just to, like Glenn said, just get the hell out of here. It's how can you help us reach our ultimate goal? And to get there, you got to pitch better than what you've pitched. That's yeah. There's no secret there. Yeah. But here, here are the maybe 10 things that we want you working on. Maybe it's pitch sequencing or if it's, if it's arm slot or deception or whatever it is in his specific case. They give him this plan and say, go execute this. And we'll see you back when the time is right. It it seems like like the phrase that people used to use is like that you know he got jettisoned to the minor leagues. Sure, right? Yeah, like that's a great one. It doesn't feel like guys get jettisoned now. Like I don't feel like that. Like and jettisoned to me is like cast kick off. to the curb, yeah. cast <laughs> off. Right, like next guy up. Let's go. This dude's out of here. Like right. you're used up. See you're you like later. Skimming the crud out of if, a pool if you, filter. If you come back, <laughs> if you come back, good for you. But sure, we don't need you anymore. Sure. So I feel like he didn't get jettisoned. Like 
They sat him down and and hey, you know this is where this is where yeah, you're at like, right now. We need a new vocab word for yeah. like what they're doing. It's yeah. like he's he's like he's going back to train to get back here. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, yeah, good word is. There's, but there's a lot of cynics that would say that's a really soft way of just saying he's he's terrible and he's being jettisoned to the minor leagues, right? But he's I mean, not though. Like I think <laughs> well, even but, if you sat down he, with Derek Falvey, jettison to me is, is like, but they're giving him a plan on how to get back. But it, that's what's jettison to me is like out of sight, out of mind. Okay, yeah. and I I, I would Capped assume off. that they're in in somewhat regular contact with him. He's not he's like not Tom Hanks with a volleyball out in Rochester <laughs> on an island. No, that, although there were Twins relievers who got that treatment yeah. for a number of years. <laughs> yeah, I look at this and I'd say even if like if if Falvey was sitting right here right now and we got him on Truth Serum and like he doesn't want to say a bad thing about his player, but he would say. Yeah, we think Trevor Hildenberger is better than the Trevor Hildenberger that we've seen so far this year. It hasn't been working out very well for him, but here's our plan to get him back to the guy who, by the way, was pitching in Yankee Stadium in a wild card game. Like yeah. that, he's a trusted reliever. They like him within the organization, and I do think that his talent level is above his number so far. Yeah. So I, I just think that they view all of these guys as a range of potential outcomes. What's the worst thing that could happen? What would Sano be? What's the best thing that could happen? What would Sano be? They do that across a hundred guys right now. And what's what's the best case scenario for Brios for the rest of the season? Well, it's the worst case. It's how do we get him to the best case? It's pretty amazing of all the things that they were sort of gambling on calculated bets before the season. Nelson Cruz was a calculated bet. Byron Buxton getting better was a, all these things that had to align for them to be competitive well, this year. And they're all aligning for the most part. That was Thad's big talking point in spring training was we see Max Kepler getting better. We see Jorge Polanco improving. We see, you know, uh, Sano bouncing back. We see Buxton bouncing back. We see Ed Rosario continuing to improve. And like they all have. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget last year that Lance Lynn, Logan Morrison, the you know, you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, and more stuck this year than last year. But I mean, you gotta you gotta appreciate from the outside looking in mm-hmm. a, a group of of guys that want to take chances. Yeah, and you know, try to find it. it not a, it's not a diamond in the rough thing, but try to find veteran bounce back kind of guys. I mean, we talked about that on on TV last weekend. Uh, CJ Crone was a, a waiver claim, you know, and like I, 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 I when I was talking the, the one night to to Falvey, um, he had said when they got him because I was like, you know what, like all you want him to do is run into twenty five baseballs and hope that there's two guys on base when he does it, and he's like, yeah, he goes, but we thought that he could play a pretty dang good first base like a lot i think hmm. you know the, what put it over the top for us was the fact that we needed a first baseman and we thought he was a pretty dang good defensive thir- a first baseman and he has been yeah they were right about that he's apparently. been really good you yeah. know and so like but so that was a waiver claim jonathan scope got non-tendered by the brewers blake parker was non-tendered right and Anaheim. so like some of these guys that like that they they were they were cast off they were jettisoned by other teams yeah what's the like how many times were you sent back to the minor leagues or you thought you had a chance to make a team out of spring training like how many times in your career did the, did the organization sit you down and say all right uh you're going down to rochester or you're leaving well, major I, league camp I, I i've told you guys the story of the first spring training my first spring training when i got sent out and yeah Gardy thought i was like the add-on guy yeah <laughs> said thanks for coming over on short notice yeah. <laughs> and so like that was year one 
Great first impression. <laughs> and then and then 2007, uh, it was always that, like, it, there was always a question of music. Was he going to be a starter or is he going to be a reliever? We're going to get him stretched out and blah, blah, blah. So 2007, I, 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 I got sent out. What were, what were like, what, when, it, when you said, was it Guardy and Terry that would usually have those, or, or Bill sometimes? Like, what were, were they good at that talk? I'd love to know, like, I'd love to know, like, how awkward it got. Was it awkward? Yeah, they, I mean, it, it is weird. Like, it, it, you know, you're in a you're in a situation. A lot of times, I mean, like my the first year, like, granted, he said like, "Thanks for coming over on short notice," but like, I knew I wasn't making the team. Like, yeah. it was my first big league camp. I, I pitched in Double A the year before, and so like, I knew I wasn't making the team. Then in 07, I mean, I got up at the end of 06, so then in 07, but the, the, I was I was a, a bullpen guy in spring training, and those bullpens that we had were really stinking good. And pretty much set year right. to year. I mean, yeah, it was like no, nobody was making, nobody was cracking that team, you know. Um, and so then, well, I ended up playing in the big leagues in 07 for almost the whole year. I was hurt for a, a chunk of it. But um, so then going into 08, they wanted to make me a starter. So I stretched out. And then when they run out of innings, they, I get sent down. And then came up, so I came up in May of 08 or whatever and pitched that whole year. So then going into 09, I knew I was going to make the team because I was a decent starter in 08. And uh, then 09 didn't go well. So then 10, I knew I thought I was getting traded. Uh, got sent out. And then I was out of options, all that, blah, blah, blah. I, well, I was actually tendered. Uh, that was my first year of ARB going into the 11 season. And I made that team right at the end. Like I, that's when I thought I was going to get traded, and um, and then never. I mean, beyond that, then I never, you know, got sat down in the office or anything like that. So, yeah. so it's like I it's would, super weird. It yeah. is super weird. I mean, and like, what, what do you say as a manager? Like, right? You know, like, well, and I talk to guys like Rule Five guys will come over and be like, "This got to be a weird spring training for you," and they're kind of like. Yeah, duh. <laughs> My you know, other like, team just said I wasn't good enough. Like I, I think about the ones like like when Tyler Duffy came up and pitched really well down the stretch in fifteen, right? Yeah. And so then he's everybody think like he's penciled in to the rotation for sixteen and he wets wets his pants in spring training. That would be a tough one to send out. Like that would be a harder meeting. I was never I don't think I ever really ex I either didn't expect to make the team out of spring training or knew I was gonna make it. So I was I was never that like I was never in that like middle ground. Like, like Denard Span got sent out one time, and it was like he had an awesome spring, but there was just like no room on the roster. I yeah. think and that was a thing one time. Some of those, some of those, I mean, would be harder than others. The um, hardest one that I've witnessed in terms of how you performed in spring training was when they sent Byung Ho Park out. He was the best player in spring training for the Twins, and yeah, he wasn't on the forty yeah. man. And they had sort of made up their mind about what they thought about him. That was the clue to me that this front office doesn't care a whole lot about spring training performance. They kind of know what their roster is, yeah. And then you, if you're on the club, you go get your work, get ready to go. Yeah. Well, I've always said that. Even spring, I mean, competition is. You don't want competition in spring training. You want 25 guys that you're bringing with you. Yes. Yes. Like, that's you know, right. If you have to fill out your roster by what guys do in spring training, you probably didn't build your roster correctly. Right. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> you know, uh, Derek and I uh, have have a couple things for you when we come back here. Including trying to find a nickname like, for like this year's gifts? Twins team. Gifts or yeah, they're super funny and they play really well on the radio. They okay. do. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the Score North Twin Show. Glenn Perkins. I've become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it.
Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. This copyrighted show is presented by authority of the Office of Score North. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of Score North. Or we'll sue you. We will jettison you to yes. jail. <laughs> not, not to the minors. Or to, to jail. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of both, actually. <laughs> Um, Either way, you will be jettisoned. So I, I think I think we set. I don't want to keep cutting up, but we I think we set a record in radio history for uh, using jettisoned in one show. It's definitely up to like eight, uh, maybe nine. It's now. been a big goal of mine since we <laughs> yeah since we started. <laughs> we the show. need to get a hold of the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> How that. many times in one hour has the word jettisoned been used? On record. Uh, um, if you say jettisoned one more time. <laughs> Uh, jettison, jettison, jettison. There's 12, 13, 14. I think it was Rami who started off, uh, and, I, and, and people on Twitter yesterday were giving us suggestions. Ryan Saunders was on Mackie and Jeb with Rami giving us yay or nay on these. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off some potential nicknames. We've got to find a nickname for this year's Twins team. We had the Piranhas in 2006. We've had the Get to Know Em Twins, the, the Contraction Twins. Um, I think we need to have something that represents the home run prowess of of this year. Like this team's on pace to shatter the major league record for home runs. We need something that signifies home runs in some way. So I'm just going to read you guys some. These are these are listener suggestions, and some of these are Ramis. Oh, we just go ahead, like just Rami. a straight yes or no. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, commentary as you want. Yeah, you can just dismiss it out of hand if you want to. Some of these are bad. I'll the, warn you. Like the Tater Twins. Without we're jettisoning that okay. one. <laughs> Fourteen. <laughs> Hold on, I need to get my. Uh, the I, I need to get my twins. Okay. Yeah. Say no on the tater yeah. twins. Okay. Uh, the touch them all twins. Not bad. Not bad. I, I feel like that though is like you know ten years from now, like you could look back and then be like, it's a oh, throwback. Yeah, they were the they were the touch them all twins. Yeah. It's not like a good like for for like a current team. I don't know if that fits on a T-shirt very well, too. It's like the touch them all twins. Yeah, because like, like a jacket from the 80s is retro, but a jacket from 2010 is like, you know, that's just an old jacket you found in your closet. Yeah. Touch them all hasn't been gone for long enough. Uh, what about the goner gang? No. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Sounds too much like a sounds too much like an STD or something. I don't know. There's something weird about that one. <laughs> what about the Rocco Bombdellis? <laughs> Anybody here? So you're laughing. The Rocco Rocco Bombdellis. The Rocco Bombdellis. No, that's bad. That ain't gonna work. Uh, the Soda Smash Squad. No, it's too much going on. Yep. Rocco, by the way, Dustin Morse, who's the head of like communications and player relations for the Twins, told us this week on the Score North Twins show that Rocco wants no part of being in the nickname, which is. You know, commendable, and of course he doesn't want to, the focus to be on him. I almost like, that makes me want to include him in the so nickname. So Baldelli's Bombers would be out? If if Rocco got a vote, that would be out, but I, I'm keeping it on the list. Mm. Well, what about Land of 10,000 Rakes? I kind of like that one. Uh, yeah, but that like... Land of 10,000 Rakes? There are no Minnesota guys on the roster, right? Or uh, Morin's from Minnesota. That doesn't matter. It's the Twins. It's yeah. you know, we're, we're living in is the land really? of 10,000 Rakes. I think so. I think he's from Andover. I think I read that he somewhere. Is, he is from Minnesota. Yeah. 
I, I read that but too. But like Nelson Cruz wasn't born in Minnesota. You know, um, that's, but that's a, it doesn't matter if the team was born in, or if the players are born in Minnesota. It just matters that we're living in the land of 10,000 rakes. We could give away rakes at the ballpark. Yeah, that's well, and that's what it made me think of was like like raking, like not, not hitting raking. Well, but if you want to play fall baseball, you might need both. <laughs> I see what you did there. Come on now. You might need those rocks. That, those, you could those put rakes it on a t-shirt, I think, right? Like if that's one of the qualifiers for this? Yeah, like a silhouette of Nelson Cruz with instead of a bat, it's a rake. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> okay. I'll throw myself out. Somebody, a uh, loyal listener, Mike, tweeted in something about tater trots, and so we took that to the next level and just said, tater trot hot dish. <laughs> yeah, that was a dad joke. <laughs> no. No, I think I think I think this is still open for business. So if you have suggestions, just tweet them at Score North, at Glenn Perkins, at Derek Wetmore, at Phil Mackey, and uh, we can give you a yay or a or a nay. But how did you not get to the one that like we've been calling it on the uh, Bomb Squad? The Bomb Squad. The Bomb Squad feels very generic to me. It's not specific to Minnesota. Like it's, I don't know. The Bomb Squad should be on this list at a minimum, but. I'd be fine if it gets passed up for something better. I hope that we. I aspire to come up with a better nickname for this. You club. can't say bomb on the air, on an airplane either. So right, you can't even talk. Yeah, if you're on an airplane, you can't even talk about it. Yeah, just call them the twins. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like there's a workaround there. Uh, some fun twins facts, by the way. So so they didn't. We're we're, uh, we're recording this show on Thursday before they play their afternoon game against the Angels, uh, but they are now up seven games as of recording this show. On the Cleveland Indians, and it's not even June yet. This is the biggest lead in franchise history in a division before June 1st. They also have the second-best run differential in the American League, and I believe the second-best record and run differential in all of baseball behind only the Astros. So there's not... Like, if you're... The Mariners got off to that hot start, but their run differential was pretty bad, and it was like, you look at their lineup, it didn't make sense. Like They also can't play defense. Yeah, that was so bad last week. We did we oh did some God. we did some deep diving on the on the on the defenses of the Twins and the Mariners and you know, I would like on the on one of the conference calls Bremer brought up like they have the most errors and I was like well if they have the most errors I wonder like what what's their efficiency what's their defense what's their run, run saved all those things they're the worst at everything and oh. I think more more than that though is that the Twins like don't make errors but they also like their de- their efficiency is like the highest like they're getting to more balls like there's more balls the Twins are making more outs in the field yeah. than anyone else in baseball and not making errors. Can we get rid of errors as a thing that we talk about uh, I I the, the thing that really bothers me is like outfield fielding percentage when they'll show that on TV sometimes on like ESPN or whatever. Yeah, we're it's past like, that. Well, and also also when you like a throwing error like is different than a fielding error, and it's all context dependent. You know, like a, like a Byron Buxton has two throwing errors. Doesn't mean he doesn't catch the ball. Whatever it's, and I'm going to take his arm. Yeah, up there ten and times the only, out of ten. The only the only the only way like I like I saw when I was doing the stuff on the Twins and Mariners um, that I thought was fascinating is that it, it, with, it, with errors, with them not making errors, but also put it making you know getting more outs on balls in play. Yeah. Like when you combine the two, like it, it does give it in that sense, like it, not su- super accurate context, but like it does give it more context. Like, yeah, they're they're doing both. They're they're fielding more balls than other teams, and they're 
doing it cleaner. Well, and there the stats match the eye test. Like if you watch these games, like just go position by position. The outfield, rangy. Yeah. You, you'll take any one of those three guys. Third base, Marwin's played a lot there. He's been pretty solid. Shortstop, I guess, is the one you could question. I think Jorge Polanco's up and down as a shortstop. But Jonathan Scope's been better than I expected defensively. CJ Crone's been much better than I expected. Behind the plate, they've been basically awesome. That's that's it's a all good those, lineup. All of those things point to like you know when you, it, it, I think Twins fans and like even when I was a player, like you have this like man, like this can't be true, right? Like sure. it just doesn't seem like this. This isn't the Twins, like. They don't have the second best record in the American League. By the way, I, I lied. The Astros lost last night. The Twins have the best record in all of baseball right now. As we we're gonna win, Twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win, Twins. I like that perk. <laughs> I the Astros lost last night. Those were the days we got to take the field of that song. I don't know if they oh still play God. it. Or I think not, they do. Come in, running, running out like out of the Metrodome <laughs> field. Nothing gets you more fired up to play ball than they. <laughs> it's amazing but like so that like you feel like this can't be real but then like you the more you go through it it's the the bullpen array the bullpen throws less innings and everybody but the indians i think um the starters have been fantastic the, the, the you know they're they're scoring runs run differential defense like every part of it like they're up there like there isn't that like you know they're thirty-two and sixteen, but they've they've they're they're nineteen and two in one-run games. Sure, yeah. but, you know it's not something like that. Um, and they don't lose like what I mean. What it's crazy their record when they're winning after seven or whatever. It's like they don't lose when they're leading after seven, and then they don't lose like multiple games. They I think I want to say they've only lost back to back like four times, I think three, three times, three yeah. four. Yeah, they haven't lost three in a row. Yeah, which is a fun streak, and we can talk about resilience. But ultimately, what it boils down to is it's a good team. Like good teams don't lose a lot of yeah. games, so and it's that, hard to right. stack them. And that's like they're just. I mean. It, there's not very many flaws right now. No, and, and they're missing, right? Nelson Cruz and Mitch Garver, who was hitting like two hey, all stars. Yeah, also worth noting. I mean, they're gonna go through a stretch or two where they play sub 500 for a while, or they level off. And because you started 32 and 16, you can afford to play 500 baseball for like three months. They're yeah. a 90 win team if they go 500 to the rest of the way. Correct. I believe. Yes. Yeah. In a division in which it doesn't look like there's another 90 win team. At this point, I did see yesterday though that the Indians started out worse last year. Yeah. Yep. And then they still won. They won ninety-one games. I I kind of perceived them coming into this winter as a better than ninety-one win club. But then you lose Clevenger, you lose Kluber. Jose Ramirez isn't Jose Ramirez, and it's like maybe they're not. Maybe maybe it's happening. Wow. Maybe. Cut the brakes. We have two hashtags in play. It's happening <laughs> and cut the brakes, Twins fans. Rami Maklov. Copyright Rami Maklov. When they ask you to pump the brakes, you spit in their face and say, no, I cut the brakes. I've cut the brakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. You can do us a huge favor by just going and giving us a five-star review, Score North Twin Show, on Apple or Spotify, and leaving us a comment telling us why you like the show or uh, your favorite obscure Twins player of your lifetime. We like when people do that, too. So, uh, Glenn, good stuff today. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time.